0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the second free comics. Mark and Ripson Martinez.
1: It goes without saying, but I told, so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you that it would get to the point where after the flash, and no, I'm not counter you know i'm not contradicting myself a few months ago i said that the flash would be the box office hit of the summer assuming that it would deliver on what it has and it did and it made almost none of its budget back at the time of recording it has cost warner brothers discovery 200 million dollars some more liberal estimates predict closer to $300 $300 million. That's why they're rushing it into digital release and streaming as soon as they possibly can. And on the heels of that, things aren't looking good for Blue Beetle either. But we're not talking movies today. No, you read the title. We are going to talk about 10 ways to save DC Comics. Not the DCU, not Warner's Warner Brothers Discovery, and certainly not James Gunn. Welcome to Second Print Comics on this Wednesday's Pop Edition. It's me, your humble host, the remarkable man of the people. I try to emphasize man of the people because I got to give you people what you want while advocating for the people in this space that we call the World Wide Web that Al Gore has graced us with. So before we go any further, please, I love chatting with y'all. Why not go ahead and join Mark and I On Patreon, that's right. If you go ahead and help us for as little as $5 a month, you can go ahead and chat with us whenever you like, as well as other fans of the show, the diehards, the true zealots, part of the SPC cult, at our private Facebook group, the Second Prick Comics Fan Zone. It's as little as $5 a month. And, uh, you know, for for those of you who are new to listeners, and this is your first episode, one, I want to welcome you. Two, if you're a longtime listener and you haven't joined Patreon, maybe it just slipped through the cracks. I don't know. Maybe you hit rewind through these parts because this Audible Chocolate just isn't keeping you, uh, you know, satiated or whatever the word is. But we're doing a summer giveaway. Well, a summer deal, so to speak, until the end of August. So this goes on for about uh, another month or so. For every New person that signs up at $5 or higher, and for current patrons that go ahead and upgrade to the next tier as part of their membership, you'll go ahead and get an autographed poster from either Mark or myself. And what I'm doing. Because a lot of you helped me raise money for my Tap Cancer Out campaign. For those of you that don't know, I will be competing in a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament on October 14th in Chicago. And as part of that, I was raising money for a group called Tap Cancer Out. It goes ahead and spreads awareness for cancer research and provides support for families. They're having to deal with the heavy costs of cancer treatments. Uh, I had a goal of $1,200. You helped me surpass that with $1,300. So what I'm doing is for every new person who signs up at $5 or higher or upgrades their current patronage, I will be sending out one of those posters or mark, but I, out of my pocket, will be giving a dollar to the Gary Sinise Foundation. It's my favorite veterans charity that provides uh, support and entertainment for military families across the world in a you know in a in an atmosphere where I feel that military families and service members are often forgotten as the wars die down and everything, I look back on who was there for me and my family and friends and the other uh, many many service members you know throughout the years and even during my time in the service and the Gary Sinise Foundation is, in my opinion. Uh, the finest veterans charity out there. I personally donate to them every year. So so far, I'm only donating a dollar because at the time of recording, only one of you is taking me up on this. So please go ahead. Consider joining today. It's five smackers a month. Guest signed poster from me or Mark, and know that I'll be uh, you know count. It, I'll I have a tally mark right now and a post it of how much uh, I'll be donating to the Gary Sinise Foundation. I'll go ahead and post the receipt on Patreon after I do that. I will make that donation on September 1st. So go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash Pod. And while you're at it, let me go ahead and tell you, I'm doing this pretty late at night. Had a lot of uh, stuff to do at work. Had some client stuff to do. Had to go train, go to the gym. You know, man of the people. Got to, got to put in the hours. So I am currently drinking a hot cup of the Brazilian Honey Blend. Courtesy of our friends over at Fox & Sons. Our friend Stephen Fox started this business. Teaches sons the importance and the benefits of entrepreneurship. But they also make great freaking coffee. My wife recently went ahead and tried the Tanzania Peaberry. We have several bags of the Fox Den Blend. And if you need some coffee in your life, please go ahead and consider using code to save you some money. Because I'm a man of the people. Save you some money. With special code second printpod S-E-C-O-N-D P-R-I-N-T pod second print pod to save 15% off of total orders of $25 or more at checkout. So go ahead and take care of that at Fox and Sons. The it's just an N, not N or whatever. F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S, Sonscom Go ahead and check them out today and support those who support us. Anyway, DC movies are just not going to cut it for DC. They're starting to get that. They know that their video game division is also in the shitter right now. I, I, they've been teasing Suicide Squad killed the Justice League for three fucking years now, please. And with everything going on Post-flash release, things aren't looking great for Blue Beetle. They have reportedly already taken out the shots of Ben Affleck in the upcoming Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom movie. Now, please, stop fucking around with this guy. You already did this to Calville. And you're going to keep doing this to Affleck. Please. First, they went ahead and filmed an entire movie of Keaton, Batgirl. That was in the the David Asimov era of... um of the AT&T ownership or as some would say the AT&T occupation of DC. Um, they went ahead and, you know, scrapped Batgirl for good or bad. That movie doesn't exist. Um, then they went ahead and had Keaton star as Batman in Aquaman, the lost kingdom. Then like, you know, a Thanos snap snap. They went ahead and reshot all those scenes with Affleck. And now they have reportedly, taken out Affleck entirely. So there is no Batman in that movie. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't quite sound like um, Jason Momoa is very excited for it either. A few months ago, he went, when people asked him about all the turmoil and issues and reshoots uh, behind the scenes... He went in and said he's just glad he got paid beforehand, which is not what you want to hear the lead actor of your movie say. He spent more time promoting his uh, recent role as the villain in uh, Fast and Furious 2 million, uh, more so than Aquaman The Lost Kingdom, which is only coming out in a couple months. So that should say a lot right there. He's he's not putting too much stock in it. So we, we already know that the movies are just... Like, the whole thing is just crumbling before James Gunn can even push out Superman Legacy. We've talked a lot about movies lately. I want to go ahead, while I have the time, while Mark is doing Florida Man things in Florida at this moment, to go ahead and jump on my soapbox. The movies, we can talk about that a million ways. A lot of smarter people on the internet are talking about things because they've got real insiders. I want to go ahead and talk about the comics right now. Because at the end of the day... The health of the stories, the health of the comics that fuel all the superhero entertainment we have is what matters. And maybe I'll just do a Patreon-exclusive episode later talking about Marvel. But today I just want to focus on DC because you all know, the longtime listeners know, that I am a DC fanboy at heart. I'm a Team DC. So as I look at what's been going on, let's say the last five years, particularly things aren't good. Uh, You know, you you take into account the distribution issues during COVID you take into account the issues of books, not going out on time from DC. You also take into account all the changes that went under when uh, you know, AT&T was trying to fix things. And then AT&T split off Warner brothers discovery and Warner brothers discovery took DC comics with them. And you take into account all the all the other woke shit that we've beaten to death on this show. The comics aren't doing great. I'm talking to comic shop owners in my area, and they have not been happy with DC for a while, and it's not getting any better. One from a business side in terms of distribution and what they should expect the high uh, the higher cost of books. Not only due to inflation, but because of the sticker price that you're getting, you know, four, five, six, seven dollars for books that might have like five, six additional pages to them. Maybe they're on a, you know, on a different quality of paper. Um, Fans, the the people that actually go and buy the books, not the tween Gen Zers that, you know, they've been trying to appeal to forever, who liked the movies but have never picked up a comic in their life. They don't go to the stores. And if they do, they're buying manga, which is a note I'm going to go ahead and expand on later. But you take that into a side, then you go ahead and take into the fact that, you know, people were not happy with Superman's, uh, you know, alphabet son and everything else. They have not been happy with a lot of the shit that's been coming out. And then you go ahead and topple the ill will with the movies. I mean, it's just the only things that people seem to like are the animated films coming out. From DC, almost nobody dislikes the animated stuff. The animated stuff is good, but I don't know how they make money off of going direct to DVD with these things. I'm sorry, direct to Blu-ray I sound like a boomer saying DVD now. The Gen Zers are like, yeah. laugh face. You're like a, you're like a basic skin or whatever the Fortniteers say. Bullshit. So anyway, things are a mess. So what I want to go ahead and do is, and I've devised a list is talk about the 10 ways that I have devised. I'm pulling out my phone for this one because I don't actually write things. Um, Here are the 10 things that I, if I could be a dictator of DC for a day, if I could be the DC Comics dictator, here are the 10 things I would do to save DC Comics because when you save DC Comics, you save not just the movies and the shows and everything else, but you save comic books as a whole. And when you save comic books, you reward fans. When you reward fans, you're rewarding comic shop owners. It's a whole ecosystem, but it starts from what these people do in the bullpens, in the editorial rooms. We got to save everything. We're taking Read Comics Change the World to a whole different level in terms of Putting stuff out that big people might not ever hear, but it's worth a thought exercise. And I just hit my microphone and I would like to hear your opinions on Twitter. Go ahead and tweet me your thoughts after this episode at Hey Remzo, H E Y R E M S O, or talk to me in the Second Per Comics fan zone if you're a patron. So let's go ahead and start with one. It has, and this is something they've already been kind of doing. My first suggestion is you got to double down on the Trinity. you got to double down on Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman. They've mainly done that. They really wanted to emphasize that after Dark Knight's death metal in uh, 2020. They did that as a business decision because those are the books that they know will regularly sell and are predictable. And they can go ahead and push out and print money with that almost on demand. You're not getting that with a lot of other books, a lot of other titles, especially the woke ones, uh, also known as anything written by Brian Michael Bendis after he left Superman in action comics. But um, they kind of did that, but they did it in a in a strange way. By doing that, they basically were like, we'll have like two, two Wonder Woman books, we'll have a couple of Superman books, and then we're going to have like 20 Batman titles. It was very Batman heavy, and people weren't very happy with that. For a while. So at the end of the day, am I saying that it didn't work while at the same time suggesting it? Kind of. If the stories don't matter, then the characters won't matter. And at the end of the day, your three powerhouse titles should be at the top of your stack all the time. What they tried doing with Wonder Woman was they tried writing her in a way which removed her from interacting with the others, Superman, Batman. They killed Diana for a while, and then somehow they brought her back. So what did they do? They went ahead and put Queen Hippolyta on... Justice League. They went ahead and added her to the Justice League roster. And while that was cool for a few moments, Bendis, who was writing Justice League at the time, who also fumbled the ball when it came to adding Black Adam on the team, he added, um, you know, what's her name? The the one character that he created who also could barely keep a season of a TV show. Um, the, the, the black teenage, possibly lesbian, Uh, Powerhouse, who constantly reminds us every five words that she's the most dangerous being on Earth, but no one understands her powers. Um, I forget her name. Uh, Yeah, he fumbled that. So what they did was they had that. Then they had... you know, black Wonder Woman who came out and that, you know, they, they basically tried inserting the trans agenda into that by adding a couple of trans characters and nobody bought that book. Nubia, I think that was her name. She looked cool. Like I actually thought that they were going to have something cool with her, but they didn't. And then, you know, during DC Future State, they had what I thought was going to go ahead and sell. It was Yara Flor, the Brazilian Wonder Woman. Well, they went ahead and all the, all the fans were like, damn, she's hot. We want to see her. They gave her a couple issues in Future State. They tried to shove her in a Wonder Girl series, and then they just completely ignored her existence. They were going to go ahead and actually uh, develop a, a romance between her and John Kent, but that didn't suffice at DC Editorial because they were like, instead of giving Superman's son the hot Brazilian Wonder Woman chick, let's go ahead and make him gay and make him date a member of Antifa. And that just confused everyone. So now you ruin a character that's been developed for years and has developed a fan base that thought that he could really replace his father as Superman. You turn him into Super Antifa, who's lecturing people about global warming and trying to overthrow governments and threatening cops. And then you go ahead and make him date somebody who looks like a vice news reporter. That just doesn't doesn't help. Meanwhile, hot young Brazilian Wonder Woman, who probably could have been a legacy character, nobody has seen her in a freaking minute so they screw up wonder woman they screw up superman they had some good stories they had superman the authority but they they kind of downplay his role so they put diana wonder woman off in a corner they downplay superman clark kent in order to elevate his son to push a woke agenda and then batman seemed to be doing fine batman was the one title that consistently did well it's just that then they started to mess with the Bat family. They, they turn um, Tim Drake into one of the Alphabet people. They, they make him break up with his longtime canonical girlfriend, Stephanie Brown, for no reason whatsoever. They did it. I mean, they were fine at the end of Young Justice when they wrapped up that series. Thanks, Bendis. And a month later, they go ahead and give him like a like a subplot in like this Tales of Gotham limited series. And then suddenly he's gay out of nowhere. Um, because they've never really known what to do with Tim Drake. And then they come out with like a future state red hood series. So like the bat family is kind of all over the place and no one knows what to do with them. So then the only titles that are really doing well are action comics and Batman. And I think they even fumbled even more by doing seasons of Batman, the, the animated series, the adventure continues books, which I was subscribed to. I really liked those, but when they start breaking them up in seasons, it just kind of messed with the flow and, it just lost all its steam and I don't know if they're continuing it now. It just it just could not last. So double down on the Trinity, but like the real Trinity and make them good. If you have good Wonder Woman comics, if you have good solid Batman comics, if you have good solid Superman comics, everything else should be easy. But you don't expand the titles while diminishing and attacking your own characters. That's just that's just freaking stupid. So secondly Because you're probably wondering, well, what do you do about all the other characters? What about my Green Arrows and Flashes and Aquamans and everything else? I think you reinforce your ensemble books. A lot of these books, for very obvious reasons, barely last ten issues. I mean, yeah, Green Arrow is, quote, popular. He was more popular when he had a TV show. Then the TV show goes away, and he can't keep a monthly title. Aquaman, popular while the movie is out. They went ahead and had um him lead lead a team. I forgot what they used to be called at one point. And uh, you know, as soon as the movie stops being popular, then he disappears. And I mean, let's not even get started with Flash. These characters had good runs in the past, but just because they had their own solo titles in the past does not mean that they can sustain themselves for the future. I'm sorry, but Hal Jordan does not have a staying power of a Superman. Green Arrow does not have the same power of a Batman. And Flash is very cyclical. And frankly, I think because of the damage of the Flash movie, it killed all the goodwill that had been created through the CW versus Flash series. They completely just threw Grant Gustin aside. um, I think they have permanently damaged the character of the Flash. They have just completely butchered their own IP. So I think what we have is we double down the ensemble books. The Outsiders, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Brave and the Bold. People are accustomed to the cameos. People want to see the crossovers. People would rather buy those versus the single superhero titles dedicated to one of those characters because they want to see them interact. They've gotten so accustomed to it, primarily through the MCU on screen, that they want more of that in the books. You can't get 10 issues of Green Lantern. I'm sorry, you can't get 10 issues of Green Arrow these days unless they're doing the current limited series that they're pushing out on the shelves right now, which is another point I'll get to in a minute. But what you can do is have a four, five-issue story arc with the Flash and Green Arrow or with Green, Lan- Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter. You can think of all the combinations. That w- That way you focus on good stories. They're good for the characters. Fans don't feel that they have to commit to a year's worth of a storyline. They can get it in just a one or two months, and then you can keep going on, and you can come up with some really great stories that way. So I would say that you know, Brave and the Bold on top. You got to fix the Justice League. The Justice League has been a mess since Bendis came on, and I mean, I I was so excited for that at that point. As many of you know, his new Avengers title, uh, his Avengers title, Mighty Avengers, like everything that he did at Marvel for years was just awesome. And then he went to DC and he wrote Action Comics and Superman, which while some people criticized it, I was a fan. So I thought that after he left that to go on to Justice League, especially as Zack Snyder's Snyder's Justice League was coming out on HBO Max, I thought, wow, he's going to bring the magic from New Avengers over to Justice League. And no, he took a giant shit on it and it was just it just damaged that book it was just trash you got to get a writer who actually knows the characters and can like fix it because that was bad so you got to work on the ensemble books they're a little bit easier to do because you got a lot more pieces to play with in the play set so to speak Um, ensemble books are just what people are expecting more of, and you can bring in more characters. You don't have to keep them on the benches. You can bring them out and, uh, you know, mess around with them more often. So I think they got to double down on that. Besides, if you have that book, you don't need, like, one for each of your major characters. I mean, Teen Titans, too. Uh, You know, TC has plenty of good ensemble books. The ensemble books do better. Fans, I think, in my humble opinion, as Remzo, man of the people... I think people want would rather have the ensemble books. I know that when I'm going to stores now, I'd rather get more heroes it per book because it's more bang for my buck. It's just it's just how it is. So they got not point two. They got to re, uh, reinforce their ensemble books. Point three. Focus on limited series and black label. Why? Because you can showcase things that you can't necessarily get away with in the ongoing books. The black label books have been some of DC's bestsellers. Some of the best stories that we've had from DC in years have all come from Black Label books. Um, You know, Batman the Impersonator, Batman Reptilian, uh, Batman (laughs) Three Jokers. Um, You know, we had Birds of Prey, which was good. Adam Strange, which was really good. We had The Rogues, which we covered last month with uh, Kirby Club producer Eric, which is easily the best book we've reviewed on SPC in 2023. I would probably say that as I look at the forecast, it will still stay on top. It was a great freaking book. And now they're talking about using that as the plot for a DCU movie. It's that good. Why? Because they focus on story. They focus on genuine character development. They're not tied down by canon and that's what people want if you're going to spend a lot of money on that book you got to make it worth it for the readers i'm willing to spend money on a black label book and it's also low commitment they know that 3 to 5 issues it's going to be done so you dc you can upcharge your msrp by focusing on that it will reward you every time which it has and same goes for same goes for limited series um you know uh, superman lost superman space age i wasn't a fan of space age but i'm currently a fan of lost Um, You know, people are coming back for those. You know, old fans feel disconnected to current canon, especially when you're dealing with all the massive continuity changes. The limited series offer them an opportunity to come back. They're also really good entry points for new readers. The limited series are good for that. They're good for everybody. And they have the same effects of the d c black label books, which are you could take them in and out of Canon, you could charge a little bit more for that they're low commitment, and you get better story quality than the ongoing titles at this point um besides that um you know you you can also recirculate the characters who can't sustain their own monthly titles. And that's why I think focusing on your ensemble books is a really good idea because then you can kind of use that as an incubator and then say, well, you know, this two, three-part story in Brave and the Bold did really good with, uh, I don't know, Ambush Bug. Maybe we can go ahead and do an Ambush Bug limited series. Um, I know I have friends who are reading the Peacemaker limited series right now. They also read Human Target people are people seem to only be reading the limited series exclusively because I feel like each time and and Mark saw this with the new green lantern title um you know as soon as they start to really be doing good they fuck something up like throw in some i don't know dark final super crisis story that just completely interrupts things it's not it's not helpful so i think focusing on their limited series particularly their black label books is going to be great so They seem to be doing that. I think they should really double down on that. But that only comes when you focus on point one and two. None of these things are in a vacuum. They all need to be integrated together to be this comeback plan that I have spent too much time thinking about. So with that said, I mentioned the major events, the tie-ins that come up abruptly and screw up the story. DC, I can't fucking pay for more Dark Knight's Metal books. In 2020, I spent hundreds, hundreds of dollars on the main books, the spin offs, the tie-ins, everything. You did it again with Future State, and Future State was trash. Then you did it with your Infinite Frontier and your Endless fucking Winter, whatever that was, and everything else. Then somehow we killed the Justice League and brought them back, and then you had the final, final, super infinite crisis. I don't even fucking know anymore. You can't do this, bro you're killing your ill will, you're not respecting your canon, and you're confusing it for fucking everybody. Let Marvel burn bridges. You don't have to do that shit, because Marvel has not had a super successful event since, I I would say, secret invasion. Siege, okay. Uh, Fear itself really ruins things. Avengers versus X-Men totally screwed things over. And it wasn't until King in Black, uh, which was 2021, 20, 2022, people actually started caring. And that was good, but it was not as historically successful as other past events. DC, you don't got to be like Marvel. Let them dig their own grave. You just stand over it and help them shovel dirt in. Because I love you. Um, so they got to they got hold that off. No, nobody's happy if that. Each time they announce a new one, they're just like, God, are we doing this again? Like, we can't do this like three times in one year. Like, it used to be at least like once a year or once every two, three years. Very early in the 2000s, it was like every three to five years. But, um, you know, it's just it's just gotten ridiculous. Now, this one is definitely going to piss some people off. You got to And I think they have done this, but this just needs to be reemphasized. The woke agenda, when they started spreading it into original graphic novels and stuff, the DC Young Adults line, the groomer shit has to end. The groomer shit has to end. This is the post-Disney shit-the-bed generation, okay? When Sound of Music is outgrossing Indiana Jones and is set to perhaps do not better But to match what the Flash made in theaters, the groomer shit has to end. Parents are tired of it. People are tired of it. Uh, You know, I am not Starfire about Starfire's fat gay goth daughter and her girlfriend. Nobody bought that shit. The one with, uh, you know, queer, bi-curious Asian Bruce Wayne in uh, that Gotham young adult novel. No one fucking wants that shit. The one with uh, you know gay Aquaman having his first sexual experience. Nobody wants that shit. The groomer shit has to stop. You have you cannot sexualize children. It is wrong. It is sick. It needs to stop. It needs to fucking stop. Marvel didn't even put out the new New Warriors three years ago. Remember with Snowflake and Safe Space and uh, Diabetes Dora. And the others, they didn't even put that book out, okay? And Marvel's been putting out some woke shit because that's been what Disney has been pushing. AT&T was really pushing it. at and I think, made some good decisions on the digital front of things. But in terms of edit- the editorial direction, AT&T just let them run rampant with the woke shit. That's got to end. You can't do that. You want to do that in books for adults? Fine have gay Robin, but don't direct that at children. Don't direct that at, you know, young adults is teenagers. And if we're really being serious about it, it's 10 to 14. That's predominantly going to read that stuff. Stop that stuff. Just don't go back. Don't go back. And the groomer shit. Uh, point six, advance con- conversations with mass market distributors. A couple of years ago, I think it. I think it was interrupted because of the pandemic. Um, DC Comics, under the AT&amp;T occupation, was going to start distributing their regular comic books into Walmart. They were actually going to have them next to cash registers where you have like Archie and all the tabloid that married an alien books and you know who's sleeping with who and how to lose thirty pounds in a week eating bananas. They were going to put it there. But they were only going, and this is why I keep readdressing the Trinity, they were only going to put um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League on there, on their shelves. I remember when they used to put graphic novels in Target. I remember when they used to do the uh, the two-issue packs, um, you know, at, at certain stores. At, we're at the point now, and uh, comic book store owners might not like this, but the, the way I see it, it... It helps benefit them in the sense that if a kid's going to read comics that they buy from, uh, you know, from from Walmart, they're also probably more likely to buy it from a comic book store if they get really into it. And I mean, comics used to do this prior to the comic book store. I mean, let's let's be honest. The comic book store is really a mid 80s phenomenon that really grew bigger in the 90s. And because of the lockdowns and the pandemic and everything, um, the number of comic book stores we had in 2019 is halved compared to what we had in 2021. I think that number has continued to shrink afterwards. So now the distribution mills for that, for all the reasons we could discuss on another day, have kind of shrunk. So what did they used to do? They used to be on newsstands. They used to be at 7-Elevens. For them to compete, they, they can't just rely on the graphic novel section of Barnes & Noble to feed things. They don't even have their same distribution agreement with Barnes & Noble anymore. You used to go to Barnes & Noble, and in the magazines and newspapers, they had comic books on the shelf. They were brought out about a week after they hit comic book stores. So they were never new, but they were new-ish. And that ended. I think you got to get comic books in 7-Eleven. you got to get comic books in Walmart. you got to get tar- uh, comic books in Target five below, you name a store that people, especially people with kids or kids who are brought to the stores, who are usually alert, you know, alert over to the toy section, you got to put the comics there. You cannot rely on comic book stores who are in many ways going out of business. And I do think, however, that if you get it into larger distribution That's also good for the stores. You know, you got to find people because a lot of people aren't getting the comics because they went to a comic store first. It starts from movies, games, somewhere else. But you got to get the book in the kid's hand. You got to freaking do it. There's no other way at this point. There's no other way at this point. You got to get into those stores. Um, Point seven. Remember what I said about manga? Manga is outselling traditional Western comic books. That's not anything new. Our friend Jim Warner from the Weird Science, DC Comics, Weird Science, Marvel Comics, all the Weird Science podcast properties. You all know Jim. Uh, he, he says it. Manga's out outselling. You're getting better stories. You're, be- you're getting tighter continuity, tighter canon. Um, they're directly appealing to, you know, millennials, Gen Zers. I think... When you follow the first like three four points that I mentioned in terms of what to do with your main characters versus how do you handle the ones that can't sustain uh, books on their own month to month, I think you go ahead and you start introducing manga. Make a make a manga flash series, limited series, or something like that. I think manga needs to be introduced in some way, and the fact that they have tried it in some you know, say they'll they'll say they tried it because they hired some artists that did manga light stuff. No. I'm saying you go full manga. You gotta go ahead and either introduce new characters or you gotta do kinda like what they're doing with the my friend Superman or My Pal Superman anime. On a, on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim right now. I haven't watched that. It's just not really my thing. But I hear some people like it. Some people don't like it. I think you go ahead and expand in the manga with either original characters or existing characters. I think it's only a matter of time. You got to blend the two together. And I'm not saying that's admitting defeat or something, but it's meeting your market where they is they where where they are. They want manga, so you got to introduce some manga imprint or something at least into what your current lineup is. Number eight is restore canon. Um, I don't know what this really means. You know, it's in a way it kind of touches the point where I said you gotta stop doing the continuity resets and everything else. But what I think you gotta do is you gotta do stop. You gotta do less constant like universe shattering shit, and you need to spend a few years just making tighter stories that are less self referential, but can be read in a way that's not going to completely obscure characters for a long time like nobody understands where black batman if he still is a thing lucas fox kid stands in in anything nobody really remembers how superman came to have a son um the only one who seems to have a pretty consistent canon if anything i'd say the only one is batman so whatever you've been doing of batman since new 52 because like everything almost changed except batman come new 52 almost a decade ago You got to do more of that and less of this other shit because it's just not helping people. So you got to respect your canon. Um, Yes, the universe shattering crisis multiverse events have a role to do with that. But at the end of the day, it comes of the solid month to month stories. Number nine. (laughs) Fire Jim Lee. Fire Jim Lee. We saw during the Night of Long Knives at DC editorial three years ago that Jim Lee basically fired a lot of the people that were writing the underperforming books that were almost always the super woke books. We gave Jim Lee a chance. Jim Lee said he wanted to do stuff that could help independent comic book shops, especially during the pandemic. We gave Jim Lee too many times to show that he was going to fix things, and the fixes aren't really there. Now, he kept saying, well, you know, it has to do with a lot of what's going on with AT&T. Well, guess what? They split. Warner Brothers Discovery is now its own thing. Oh, by the way, you get promotion, you get a raise, you get more authority. And, and what has Jim Lee really done? Jim Lee makes excuses. Jim Lee is bad for the editorial. Jim Lee is, I don't know if he's passively tolerant of the woke agenda or what. I thought he was a dollars and cents guy, but that's not happening or else he wouldn't be doing half the stupid shit with the books. Jim Lee is a bad editor. Jim Lee is not the person who should be in charge of anything at DC. Jim Lee needs to be fired. Jim Lee's an artist. He's not a businessman. I like Jim Lee. I respect Jim Lee for what he's done, but he, is, could, he we've given him too many chances. Fire Jim Lee. Nope, It's, it's done. It's done. He's going to keep fucking things up. It's not going to stop. Okay. You got to fire Jim Lee. All I'm going to say about that. We could talk about that later. I'd love to hear Mark's opinion of that is because he's probably like, Oh, you got, you got to hold it back Remzo. But like, I think he might agree with me too. that will be interesting. I haven't, I haven't shown Mark these. I I'm, I'm interested to see what he'll say about any of these, but especially point nine, fire Jim Lee and 10 expand imprints for greater variety to compete with independent publishers. Uh, you know, this This also kind of touches on my manga point. Maybe do a manga imprint. It doesn't have to be DC Comics, but it could be something that's run by DC. Uh, we used to have this with Vertigo with, like, you know, the Swamp Things and your Hellblazers. They've tried to do it in and out with Vertigo. They haven't really been that committed to it. But I think as they've tried to bring all their comics into one single universe... What that's done is that's really kind of stunted creativity and that doesn't give them the opportunity to do stuff that might not be out of the D.C. style. Because at this point, you know, what you want to do is you want to expand the market. I'm almost exclusively collecting um, independent publisher books right now. A lot of the best performing, best selling, best acclaimed books of the last three years, especially almost none of them have been D.C. or Marvel. No, I mean nobody even talks about Valiant anymore. It's been Image. It's been um, IDW. Strangely, no one ever thought a lot would come from them. It's coming from you know, I think uh, what was it? What not? <laughs> it's publishing the uh, the Wesley Snipes books. I mean, the indie publishers are are eating their lunch. If I were at DC right now, I'd start an, imp- an imprint for horror. You know, an imprint for romance for you know, dramas, for comedies, for non-superhero books, I would probably expand into that. I would probably, you know, if we're getting into it, to add to my manga point, I would have a separate division simply for manga. Um, You know, when there's too much centralization, what you start to have is you start to have cookie-cutter solutions to things that otherwise need more individual attention. And while DC was kind of like all over the place of many things, I'm not saying have like, you know, 30 chiefs and two Indians. I'm saying maybe have like five chiefs overseeing like five Indians each. I hope that that, Metaphor doesn't get me canceled, but, you know, there's a division of labor that can be allocated in which way you have the most amount of creativity, the most freedom, but you still have central authority and a guiding ethos, which everyone understands, which will help keep things uniform to a degree while allowing for individual creativity. So that way you can profit when things are really, really good and quickly shut things down without too much damage when things aren't looking good. So those are my 10 and I'm just going to list them off so that way maybe you can go back and, you know. Audio stamp the parts where you're gonna get mad at me. But point number one, double down on the Trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Point two, reinforce your ensemble books. I'd start primarily with Brave and the Bold. I don't remember the last time that was out. You know, your Justice League, Suicide Squad, Scene Titans. Bring back the outsiders for crying out loud. Um, focus on limited series and black label books. Uh, point four, hold off on major events and crossover events, please, for the love of the reader. Who has to go out and buy that shit? Number five, end publishing groomer shit. The era of DCYA graphic novels needs to end. Forget that. If you've even thought about doing it an inch, don't even fucking think about that. Um, Six, advanced conversations with mass market distributors. Get in your Walmarts, your Five Below's, your Targets, your 7-Elevens again. You got to get in front of people. You got to get where the people are bringing their kids um Number seven, expand into manga. Use your characters, you know. Use them for that. They want people like the characters and they like manga, so why aren't you doing that? So do that. Uh, number eight, restore Canon softly. Do what you did with Batman. You make some changes, but over time, you reestablish things and make things simple enough for anyone to come in. Uh, Number nine, fire Jim Lee. No, no, no forgiveness. We got to we got to stop this. And it starts with getting rid of him. And number 10, expand imprints for greater variety. Compete with independent publishers. That's all she wrote. Let me know what you think after the show. And uh, as always, please, if you can't do this, maybe you can do one simple thing. It's read comics, change the world. Good
0: night, America.